You are listening to Melanin Confessions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Melanin Confessions. It's your girl, Yaya. I'm Meg. And this is Brazil. And we, once again, welcome you right back. And we're going to jump into the topics for the first one that we're going to talk about is the hot topics for the week. So, Versailles, do you want to talk about how ashy you are? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. As you guys know, you can feel it too in the atmosphere. (laughs) Um, You can feel it in the atmosphere. It is now fall transitioning into winter. You can probably hear May's little ashy hands (laughs) about to start a fire in the microphone. (laughs) They're going to be lit. (laughs) Wow. But anyways, um, so yeah. My my lips have been struggling in this in this dry weather, um, mm-hmm. among the eczema in all different pa- places, and I was wondering, and my hair is really dry. <laughs> so as you can hear, she's got a couple of things that are just not working for her in this season, and I think what you're trying to get out, besides a therapy session, is. <laughs> What are some things we can do to help us during um, this season to, like, keep our lips moisturized? Are there certain products that you use? And hair, especially, too. Yeah. My hair is so dry. I went to get my hair straightened, like, maybe a month ago. And um, the lady that was trimming my hair, she was saying, she kept commenting over and over about how dry my hair was. And usually my hair is not that dry. (laughs) Um, Given, of course, I haven't been, you know, using as much leave-in conditioner lately. But... Mm. I have been, mm. and it still feels dry. Mm. I, I got oil, um, like oil spray, but it's still dry. My lips are so dry. So I was wondering, what do you guys usually use in your hair or your lips? Like chapstick or stuff? To my primary for my hair, like, to make sure that I moisturize every strand, I like... <laughs> <laughs> we got... Okay, so just so you guys know. May, um... <laughs> She does not have any hair. Nah, y'all. I'm she a little bit. My hair is real short right now. Her hair is coming back. It is growing she, back after yeah. I cut it all off. Um, but when I did have hair, <laughs> lots of it. Okay. When you do saturate like every bit of your hair with a product and then deep condition, it really does help. But what product like, though? I shea for just like shea butter mixed with olive oil, coconut oil, and jojoba oil, and castor oil for me works really well. Because my, well, okay, my hair was really, 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 really thick. Okay. First Like I said. <laughs> um, let's focus on my lips. Uh, okay. Those are my problems area for this, for the season, and uh, they get really dry. I have, like, three different, what are those things called? Chapsticks in my purse, but I don't think it's the, what can I use to make them luscious and last, it's maybe I should actually pick up what I have yeah. and put it on my lips. Because honestly, that that's something I don't do often is to put it on my lips frequently and regularly because then my problem with when I did do that at the beginning of um, when it was summertime and it was getting hot and that's why it was jacked up. Mm. When I didn't do that, it was like I was trying to apply on too much and I'd apply on too much. And then you know how it gets in the corners it of your mouth? Yeah. And then oh, you're yeah. like, what's that crust, that yeah. white crust? In the, and you're just like, eh, not what I'm doing. So it's either I put on too much because I'm trying to like coat it so like the crust of my lip just is, is coated in 
in um, chapstick so you can't see how crusty it is, or I just leave it crusty. So I, I have a problem with, I just don't do enough. That's my thing. Yeah, and it's like, uh, the weather is on a whole other level this season. Hmm. It just feels like extra, extra dry. So I'll, I'll definitely use your guys' tips. Apply, first of all, apply more chapstick for me, in addition to adding <laughs> products. I think, like, what I do, because the comb, it doesn't do enough for me, that I use the denim brush, and that acts as its own little comb, and I start from the bottom all the way up to the top, like, Mm -hmm. like she said, and then coat the product, all that stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in other news, we have, like, some sad news, I guess, for me, anyway, and for Yaya. I still feel like it's for the black community, whoever's out there. And for the black community. Who, the people who really know what Delores means to people. Okay, Petty. <laughs> Just because I didn't worship the ground she walked hey! on doesn't mean I can't be sorry that she was gone. For those of you who know Miss Delores, she was on Touched by an Angel. She was the silver-haired, just like golden angel. Yeah. And she, her voice, just her speaking voice and her singing voice, were so unique and she really had she brought a lot to the screen and a lot to the places just wherever she was um but she was born july 6 1931 and she passed away november 20th 2017 um and she was 86 but she was a jazz singer a gospel singer an actress and y'all she was an ordained minister Hmm. um and so near the end of her life she was like preaching and like saving people and that's blessed and awesome um but yeah so i was saddened by that but you know people gotta move on she lived a good (sighs) life though i loved her on touched by an angel i love that show so freaking much it was so positive and like hopeful and of course it had that you know faith spin on every every episode Mm -hmm. so she's definitely missed so what else is on our agenda for today lecrae's bomb concert is on our agenda that was a good concert we all went to it oh yeah we were there yeah we (laughs) all all were (laughs) yeah i loved it it was it was nice it was very lit it was very very lit yeah it was so much i had i wish i had bought the tickets just to be backstage to meet him (laughs) that would have been worth it but i was so what's the word she she broke i think it was, uh, it was situation for me it was yeah, broke that's true. and it was cheap it was like next paycheck coming around that corner but is lecrae worth it then when i was at the concert i was like oh yeah he was worth it i messed up so it was great she said, i think yeah. we made eye contact you think so from wow. all the way in the back okay okay he guess was- what guess what when he was performing um Antonio lifted me on his shoulders and mm-hmm. I saw him and he looked me in the eyes. So therefore, we made eye contact. Was there okay. like a little sparkle? You sure it wasn't like the it stage lights? It was like, lights? I see you, girl. And I was like, the crack! Yeah, I'm thinking the stage lights were so bright. No, yeah, it, was, it was one of those dim moments and I was lifted up. I made eye stage, contact. Though. I don't care I've what you say. Okay, he looks me in the eyes. I'm going to let you have your moment. You will let me okay. have this or we will go somewhere. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you have this. So what was your guys' favorite song that he performed? <gasps> okay. <laughs> Can I go first? Okay. 
Okay, so <laughs> it was first he went with Lucked Up from mm, his new album. That was mine. Went into All I Need Is You. I know. That was and good. killed it with the final verse. Say that again with like sorry, more sorry. <laughs> and killed it with some Bruno. <laughs> Look at that sound. Bite. Wow. And killed it with some Bruno Mars. He it, and the vocalist he had. Who I can't find anywhere. So if anyone knows, oh, you know she she was in that video that Joseph Solomon had. Oh, was she? That's his friend. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I need so to rewatch watch that it. video. Um, she had like long auburn This hair. woman's voice is just like the most amazing. What about y'all? I really liked the songs. Um, so he had his, he was sharing a bit of, like, towards the end of the concert, he was sharing his story about the, about the, um, his struggle from the reason why he's made, made the album and, um, the backstory behind it and then giving hope and then, you know, preaching about Jesus and he took us to church. He took us to church. There was literally a church background. It was wonderful. And then he dialed, he dove into the song by uh, what's the song with Tori Kelly? Um, I'll find you. Mm-hmm. I'll find you. And that was the most touching moment. I was getting teary eyed because it was all like I felt like everybody in the room could relate to the lyrics, to the feelings of you know struggling and. Just the hope and encouragement behind the song. It was a, it was a powerful song. I liked all of it. I really did. I liked the fact that his family is like right up the steps. And mm-hmm. if I wanted to, I could go out there and be like, mm-hmm. family. You know? They uh, were looking at us, though. They were looking they were at really us. looking at us. Probably because we were few black people. You ain't got to whisper it. They're going to hear. We were <laughs> one of the few black people people there. And we were just like a little cluster in the middle. <laughs> yeah, a little we were. cluster of black yeah. cluster. <laughs> it was amazing because there was like young, old people, was there was children diverse. there. It was, it was very diverse. And it was all positive. It was a very yeah. loving environment. I, I loved, loved so I just remember, I love the fact that he was talking about all those news things and the articles and what's going on with like Donald Trump and stuff like that. He was politics were a part of the message too like so yeah. he, he put that in there he wasn't afraid to talk about it what song where he he talked was made in america not there that one that one, one was it good was, but there's um, one on his new album where he speaks about um politics and stuff like yeah. that uh, that i loved um it was yeah it was towards the beginning it was really good and he was just kind of talking about all those things and saying that he's not afraid to speak about it and people are getting the controversies behind it yes yes so i love that i also love when he opened with all the anime clips on there like afro samurai was the first anime clip that you saw on the screen they were so there were so many i just went crazy i was like like, i didn't expect that i didn't that was awesome and i appreciate it like those two pieces. I loved Lucked Up, so that was great. Um, and I love the fact that when he came by with, or in the middle of it, because it was like, it was different from other concerts. Other concerts, the person sings, they talk a little bit about their life, they sing some more, and that's kind of it. But with the Lucari concert, because this is one of the few that I've been to where they um, do the, there's a person, like, you know, the children, they came oh, around yeah. with the, the car. Yeah, the charity, they came around with yeah. the kids, and they were like, if anybody wants to have this, like, donate. $35, isn't it, a month? Uh, we went to the concert, you know, childless, and came out. We came out with children. With adopted children. We did. 
we know their favorite subjects, their age. So Minus, I guess in the yeah. future we're supposed to be expecting letters from them or something. Yeah, because I got to have that, a connection with them. Money out of my account, so yeah. Hopefully I get a letter. Hopefully I get a letter from them or something. I want some pictures of yeah, I do them growing too. up. That mm. would be cool. Jacob, I love you. You are my son. But just gotta put that. Um, he, <laughs> Jacob belongs to his mother. Yeah, and I'm his <laughs> money mother. <laughs> Money mother? I just shouldn't have a problem with that. Okay. I'm not going to say sugar mama. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's well, not wait, what the okay. One more thing in hot topics. One more thing in hot topics. <laughs> Twitter. In this episode today, we're going to talk about Joseph Solomon. Um, and in Twitter, there's this Twitter hashtag. Oh, no. And it's, <laughs> it's hashtag godly zaddy. This is all, I don't know. <laughs> talk on this topic. His face I don't know what you're about. is all over that hashtag. And I just thought that was my brain. Because <laughs> I really think that's hilarious. I, don't, I just feel like people should not have zaddies anyway. What does zaddy mean? It's like daddy, but like zaddy. Okay. So is it like, Thank you for so, that just makes well, sense. Well, I think what zaddy means, <laughs> what they're saying is it's not your father, not no. your daddy, but it's your male like person your that's you, your bae that you want to call daddy, but not daddy, so you call him zaddy. Zaddy. Is that what it is? That's yeah. that's how I interpret it, but whoever else who has better lingo and understands what a zaddy is. <laughs> Somebody explain to us what a zaddy is. Is it this one? We're like kind of old. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, she's I'm, pulling it up. I'm 100% old. Um, oh, wow. They've got a whole little... Wow, it's the whole thing. Mm. Oh. Godly Zaddy. That's very interesting. interesting. Twitter, how do you do that? If you've never heard of it, there's something you can do with the rest oh, of it. Oh, and it's actually not <laughs> recent. This has been happening forever. For a while. All these men are being called Godly Zaddies. Okay. Wow. I'm not even saying that like Zaddy. I'm saying... Godly Zaddy. Okay. I better not see my pastor up there. That's just oh, nasty. No. <laughs> Did you see that comment, that post, that post she just passed, something about... I don't want to see that post. Oh, I thought something said about no, pastor. No, he posted oh. himself. Oh, he posted himself. himself. Godly Zaddy. Oh. <laughs> we just getting into a whole other world. This is problematic. Okay, we're going to move on. We need I'm to sorry, move on. Yeah, okay, so... Black excellence. Because we we're shall. Bomb. Yes, let's talk about the black excellence. Woo. Oh, okay. um, the first thing is that Tiffany Haddish will, was Haddish. Fe- Haddish. My every trans sister. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Her last name means new. Dreamer. Fun Continue. fact. Fun fact. <laughs> so, this, was it this past Saturday? She was on SNL. She was the first black comedian to host in, they're saying, five years. Was oh, it wow. in five years or was it ever? Ever. Because I, was, I think I was it was hearing... ever, but I think as a black comedian, not as a black woman comedian. This It, w- it has to be black woman comedian because... Yeah, ever. Yeah. But yeah, but wasn't the, the woman who was from Ghostbusters who is now... I don't know that she hosted though. Okay. I think she might have been on there, but she never hosted, so she would be the first one to do that. So congrats to her and her black excellence for achieving that. Congrats. Congrats, Tiffany. Congrats. That was a weird episode, though. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. The writing yeah. team the writing team did not do her justice. We came in halfway through. Well, not even halfway through. I mean, we we saw, what, three three or four skits? Yeah, maybe It three. was weird. I mean, it's good to congratulate her on that, but that was weird. Like, they did her dirty. The, the black, writing team did not even try. They didn't try. They had a skit called The Last Black Unicorn. Turned out there was two unicorns. Turned out that they were talking to these... Um, 
this white couple and then their other friend and telling them how horrible one's life was going to be and how great the other ones was. And I was just like, what is the point of this? It's yeah. not funny. I don't know what you're... I don't know what we're talking about And then here. there was, like, a wizard... Was there a Wizard of Oz one, too, or was that under the scene? I don't even know. It was all a blur of I... Oh, no, there was a puppy or a cat one? Oh, the cat the one. one. That was weird. The kitten one was really weird, and yeah. it was like they were trying hard to be funny. But the, the two women who did it, like Tiffany and the other lady... They're funny. I've seen yeah. a lot of stuff. They're funny, but... It was a writing team, man. Yeah. It seemed just... like it was, like, they didn't even write anything in that. It was just not even improv. It felt like that they were just... Yeah. For having the first black woman on there, comedian, like, to host, and that's what you do with it, I don't know. I think there was more to be desired, and there should be more in the future, so... Mm-hmm. And then, speaking of black excellence, we have Colin Kaepernick, who was featured on the cover of GQ... We should sound excited. <laughs> we just it's like those man, light claps. Um, I I really like Colin Kaepernick. I like so what he did on the cover of GQ. Zaddy. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I had to say it again. I mean, like, kind of know where you at, Colin. Uh, I'm just kidding. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Nobody wants Not him. in this group. Stay in your lane, girl. Leave him alone. I'm just saying. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Anyways. Uh, one cool thing that he did with that GQ cover was he requested that all everything that was mm-hmm. being worn, everything that was being showcased was from a black-owned company, black-owned business. And that is how we make our community grow, mm-hmm. by spreading those black dollars. Yeah, mm. I'm moving around like um. <laughs> yeah, she thinks she's a rapper right now. <laughs> on the ones and twos. Speaking of, of another amazing person mm. on the cover of a magazine, Yvonne, our homegirl Yvonne Orji, we love right? her. Yvonne, Yvonne, yeah, I think it's Yvonne. You know what the that her name is? The lady from Insecure. Mm. Yes, she's from Insecure. Molly. Look, Yvonne, Yvonne, no, we're Nigerian sorry if we got your name wrong. No, wasn't her name Molly? Nigerian. Oh, Molly, yeah, from Insecure. Yeah. Well, yeah. she got her cover on um, mm-hmm. African Health Magazine, mm-hmm. Radiant Health Magazine. So she is, she is stunning herself. on that cover. Oh, and I didn't great. even know that that magazine existed. I didn't even. And I'm going to check it out now. Cause I mean, I did, but I didn't have the money. didn't make time for it. So I knew that it was out there. But Making time is a real thing. Yeah. So that's exciting that she was on that. And congrats to both her and Colin for making covers. Congrats. Making waves. Representation. Representation is everything. Mm -hmm. Now the moment we've all been waiting for to talk about Godly Zaddy. Please stop stop using that word, please. Oh my goodness. If you're gonna gonna say it, you have to say it right. Godly Zaddy. Oh, see? See, that's how you know she's been on that Twitter for just reading all the tweets. (laughs) Yeah, nah. Godly Zaddy number one. Godly (laughs) Zaddy number two. Godly Zaddy, what'd he do? I need to look this. I need to actually look up this word in Urban, urban Dictionary. It's becoming a thing now. I've never, it's real now. I think it's been a thing I'm for so a while. Out of touch. I'm old. so I'm so out of touch. Like wow. But okay, see. the slang term for <laughs> a really handsome guy who is very appealing and looks really fashionable. He has to have swag and sex appeal and look sexy and attractive. Okay, and we're saying godly? (laughs) Godly Zaddy? That is what Urban Dictionary defines as Zaddy. Okay, so we're kind of... (laughs) 
That's the way you pronounce it. That's how you pronounce it. That's how it. you pronounce it. You were oh, getting all up my on gosh. This. Before we get to that main topic, we didn't even talk about the author. <gasps> yeah. We completely skipped over him. Oh, no. We have to let We need to get our minds right. We so, really do. <laughs> so. I don't have his name written there. Be because you kept Jesus, saying. Jesus, be offense. Okay, I know his name. Mm. Here it goes. Oh, boy. And I just have to say this. My apologies if I mispronounce your name. How are you going to mispronounce it? We looked up every possible. No, I'm talking about I'm just it. Saying, I just want to put that out there because I know the pain. She going to say. Mm-hmm. Ta-Nehisi Coates. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Coates. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. <laughs> I didn't write anything of note on there, so you can just oh, say his yeah. name. So congratulations to uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Bam. Tanahasi Coates. Okay. Um, on his brand new book that he just debuted, um, recently, what was the book's name? Was it Eight Years into Power? Yeah. Into power. Yeah, eight mm. years. We we were eight years in power. Okay. We were eight yeah. years in power, which is so, oh, well, a collection. Well. Yeah, a collection of essays that he wrote, essays and article that he wrote while Obama was in office. So congratulations to Tanahasi, and he also, um had a video on YouTube where he talked about, um, he was speaking at this high school and one of the audience members who was, um, not black asked, why is it that white, basically, why Girl, is it that black people- around the bush. Stop choking on your wife. Hey, what is it? She asked about why couldn't, why couldn't white people- <laughs> Okay, right. Girl, so this was a young white woman in a crowd and I think he was at a high school. Mostly white high school. Yeah, so he was speaking to those people, mm. if I may, Go ahead. about, she was asking, why can't white people say the N-word? So he he gave so many good examples of just, just setting the record straight of why, don't do it. Mm. One of the first thing he said was like, my wife calls me honey. And let's, let's just insert that, yes. that quote right here. So here's ta giving his answer. Yes. Words don't have meaning without context, okay? Um... My wife refers to me as honey. That's accepted and okay between us. If we were walking down the street together and a strange woman referred to me as honey, <laughs> that wouldn't be acceptable. The understanding is I have some sort of relationship with my wife. Hopefully I have no relationship with this strange woman. When I was young and I used to go see my family uh, in, in, in Philadelphia, where my dad was from, they would all call him Billy. His name is William Paul Coates. Um, no one in Baltimore called him Billy. And had I referred to my father as Billy, that probably would have been a problem. That's because the relationship between myself and my dad is not the same as the relationship between my dad and his mother and his sisters who he grew up with, right? We, we understand that. Um, it's the same thing with words within the African-American community, or within any community. Uh, my wife, with her girlfriend, will use the word bitch. I do not join in. I don't, you know, say, hey, I want to... I don't do that. I don't do that. And perhaps more importantly, I don't have a desire to do it. You, you understand? You know, um, it, a while ago, Dan Savage was going to have this uh, show that he was going to call Hey Faggot. I'm not going to yell faggot at Dan Savage. I'm just not, that's not my relationship with the LGBT community. And, and I understand that. And I'm okay with that. I don't have a desire to, you know, uh, uh, yell out the word, you know, faggot. I just don't have that. Um, 
the question one must ask, if, if that's accepted and normal for groups of people, we understand that you know, it's normal, actually, for groups to use words that are derogatory in an ironic fashion. Why is there so much hand-wringing when black people do it? Um, black people are basically, you know, however you feel about it, they're not outside of the normal rules and laws for humanity. I had a, you know, a good friend who used to have this um, cabin in upstate New York, which he referred to as the white trash cabin. He was white. I would never refer to that cabin. I would never tell him I'm coming to your white trash cabin. <laughs> I just wouldn't do that. I, and and I, you know what I mean? I think you understand why I wouldn't do it. The question one must ask is why so many white people have difficulty extending things that are basic laws, you know, of how human beings interact to black people. And I think I know why. <laughs> um, when you're white in this country, you're taught that everything belongs to you. You think you had a right to everything. You had a right to go with you. I mean, and you're conditioned this way. It's not, you know, because you, you know, your hair is a texture or your skin is light. It's the fact that the laws and the culture tell you this. You had a right to go where you want to go, do what you want to do, be however, and people just got to accommodate themselves to you. So here comes this word that, you know, you feel like you invented. And now somebody will tell you how to use the word that you invented. You know, well, why can't I use it? Everyone else gets to use it. You know what, that's racism that I don't get to use it. You know, that's racist against me. You know, I have to inconvenience myself and, and hear this song and I can't sing along? How come I can't sing along? You know what I mean? And I think, you know, uh, uh, for white people, I think the experience of being a hip hop fan and not being able to use the word nigga is actually very, very insightful. It will give you just a little peek into the world of what it means to be black. Because, <laughs> because to be black is to walk through the world and watch people doing things that you cannot do, that you can't join in and do, you know? And so I think there's actually a lot to be learned from refraining. All right, you hear how amazing really that was? Need to be quiet, you hear how amazing that was? Yes, he just, he, he laid it out. He laid it out, plain and simple, plain and simple. Congrats, Tana. So now that we have talked about and um, given his due about Tana Hasi Coates, given him his due, we're going to talk about our main topic, which is Joseph Solomon's recent video that came out. Um, I believe it was yesterday. So, uh, Joseph which Solomon, is, it was actually tomorrow? 10 hours ago. <laughs> Ten, okay, ten hours ago from the moment of recording. I'm just saying, gotta keep tabs on my Curl your lips again. godly zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> Ew! Oh, just geez. kidding. Lord, <laughs> at least she knows where hers is. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Um, okay. Let me just pull this up. <laughs> Brief intermission. I hope that y'all are laughing too, because if you're not, this is awkward. Like, if you guys heavily use that term, like, explain it to me. Please I, do. I, I have not used that before. I know. I didn't. The only reason I heard of that is because I'm snap friends with this girl. I have the video in here, in, too. Yeah. For post-production. So oh, if you want to insert it. Are you looking for things in it? Oh, no. I'm just getting context for what to say. Oh, By yeah. looking at his godly zaddy face. <laughs> Look at that jawline. <laughs> you paused it.
would have the worst. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, we have to cut all this out. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll just. What was the title of the new video for people who want to check it out? I know we're gonna leave it in the links, but. Okay, so um, check out Joseph Solomon's new video. Um, it's called "Women Are Human Before They Are Temptation." And basically in this video, he goes into depth, and I mean mm -hmm. depth, mm -hmm. lays it out plain and simple, clear, about how in Christian culture and, um, yeah, in the past and present, how women are seen as being temptresses if guys want to be friends with them. It's not platonic. It's, oh, it's always like the argument is, oh... You know, you're going to make sure you can't, you know, you can't have guy friends until you're, you're married. Or you can't have, you can't have lady friends until you're actually looking for someone to marry and whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, he lays out some things and one, one point that he makes in his video and we'll insert the clip right over here. Uh, he talks about, basically, guys are more guilty of this than women are. Fam, it's your boy Joe hitting you with another installment to the Chase Guide webisodes. Are you ready? I know that you are. Let's cut to the chase. So this is something that has sort of been brought back to the surface. About a month or more ago, I dropped a video about me going to a concert with one of my female friends. I didn't realize that video would be controversial in two ways. One way, everyone thought that we were a pair or that that's the only way that male and females could be friends is is that if there was a potential for romantic interest and then of course the underlying controversy of that is that well you shouldn't do that because well it's a temptation the opposite sex is a temptation primarily and firstly a temptation before they're human or a possible friend or anything else they are temptation that is the notion behind that and specifically that's normally aimed from the male perspective to the woman. The woman the woman is a tempter before she can be friend. Um, with what you said, um, I don't, you said it's something that most happens mostly to guys. Well, guys are most guilty of. I don't know that that's true. Or not seeing women as anyway, like temptress, or seeing women not, seeing people of the opposite sex as like temptation versus like human. Human. human yes and I think that's for women too because mm -hmm. I know when I grew up in church it was like um like up until a certain point everyone could be your friend mm -hmm. and then once y'all hit like teenagerhood like that preteen stage adults started coupling people up like um, why do y'all spend so much time together mm -hmm. why did I you think the so-and-so is cute y'all will make a cute couple like trying to manifest see the way he smiling at you right see the way he's smiling at you he likes you or, oh, he can't. He comes from a good family, you know. It would, right. be good, it would be good if you two got to know each other. It got to know each other. I yeah. hate that. And it's just like, it's not only guys that are given this perception. It's women too, from a young age. And so I think that for me, that my that upbringing, and then my dad too, and my mom being like, "Boys in trouble. They all want one thing. Yeah, at all times." Same. Right. Same Everybody just and so then I was just like, well, I guess I'm just gonna um stay away from guys until I get married. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and obviously that's that's not how things work out. But like, for you have me, to meet someone to get married. You gotta meet someone <laughs> to get married. And so for me, like, 
I I am guilty of looking at guys as temptation before I look at them as like humans. Mm. And that's something that I don't do. Something that I'm getting over, right? But it was something that I struggled with for a long time. Like gospel group in college was not like let me go kick it with these male friends. It was like, let me go find my husband. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Which one of you are the lucky right. specimen? Who's the lucky one? This <laughs> <laughs> is true. It's, it's like, true. which one? No, no, no. Based off of your features are just not in alignment with what I'm looking for. Right, right. That is not, I love Yvonne or- Orgy saying, uh, that just wasn't God's will for my life. <laughs> <laughs> You're not God's will for my life right now. Mm. And, but yeah, like, I think women are equally as guilty. Yeah, I think I would, I would probably agree with that too. Um, and for me growing up too, subconsciously it was in my mind, like, um, for example, when I was like in middle school and even probably like beginning of high school, um, whenever I had a birthday party at my house, I would always be sure not to invite guys. Mm. Um, just because in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm not allowed to have guy friends. Like, girls have to stay with girls. Guys are, you know, stay with guys. But, yeah, I never, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I can't have guy friends. Oh, and it's definitely, I can't, definitely cannot let them come to my house for my birthday party. Like, no. <laughs> like, in my mind, when I was in middle school, high school, I was like, oh. And I remember it was, like, my 16th birthday, or was it 15th birthday, when I, when I asked my dad, when I was telling my dad, oh, um, for my birthday, can I can I invite my guy friends? He's like, okay, sure. And I'm like, oh, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> like I, in my mind, I was thinking, whoa, I'm allowed to have my guy friends over for my birthday party. <laughs> it was like a big thing. Like, yeah. In mm-hmm. my mind, because subconsciously, culturally, it was like taboo, you know, to have yeah. guy friends. It, it, I recognize that from an earlier age. So. What Even, like, our upbringing. Um, let me see. I have, I don't know. I you haven't, have a lot of brothers. I do. That's what I was thinking. I didn't put much thought into, like, ooh, boys are... T-. One thing, it was just, like, I have a lot of brothers, and mm-hmm. my upbringing was more difficult, and so it wasn't, like, I focused on guys. I was very introverted as a child, mm-hmm. and so, like, I did have a crush, so when I would have a crush, it would be, like, five years. This one person <laughs> is my soulmate yeah. for five years. There wasn't like, I'm just going to try and look at... So even from a young mm-hmm. age, I've always wanted to just date. Um, it was like, I want to be in a serious long-term relationship for marriage or something like that. My sister was like, why do you even think about... My older sister was telling me when I was younger, like, why are you even so caught up on that at such a young age? Like, it's just dating. But to me, even then, it wasn't just dating. So I never really was like... I mean, I know... Like, becoming a teenager and, like, getting out of being an introvert and stuff. Like, so I'm still an introvert. But getting out of the whole, like, I don't talk to the opposite sex. It was more of, like, mm-hmm. oh, I see. You're attractive. Okay, I'm going to let you know that, like, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it was never, like, a full scale. I cannot talk to you. Because I had a lot of guy friends growing up. Um, there was this one kid. His name was Xavier. And I used to race him from the little – there was, like, a hole in the fence that led – to our houses so we would just run through the hole in the fence like race each other there from school mm-hmm. and then we'd walk home the rest of the way together with all of my siblings so it was just like mm-hmm. they were, all my siblings were always there it was mm-hmm. never oh 
my gosh, I'm walking with a guy, or it was never, oh, I feel so uncomfortable around him, no, unless he was my crush, and I never really walked with my crush, it was just like, you're over there, in the distance, <laughs> and I like you, and that was Get it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I I did see men as a temptation later, like when I became more of an adult. Less of like teenage years. Yes, I had the crush, and then adult years was more when I started to see, ooh, you you're fine, you're attractive, you're an actual temptation to me. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing didn't come till later. So yeah. I wonder if there's a difference in between how like. Women, so now now that we're talking about this and you're saying, like, it's a problem for guys, a problem for women, but, like, I wonder, like, lustfully, men are typically attracted, typically more attracted to, like, physicality and features mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's true. And so I'm noticing in our conversation, we're like, well, <laughs> I wonder if that's going to be my husband. I wonder mm-hmm. if men are just like, she's fine and I'm trying to smash. Not all of them, obviously, but, like, mm-hmm. if they're, if by temptation he means, like, physical mm-hmm. temptation and if by temptation we mean like distraction temptation we could be talking about different things and he did talk his if you watch his video it will talk more about treating um women as what women and not like these temptations and right. talking about humans yeah treating them as humans first before we go into any of that so that's kind of what his video is even though we're veering off of like are seeing men as temptations too and so yeah i think in my case when we're talking about temptation it was more of a distraction because i had a plan for myself Mm -hmm. and younger i don't really know one was like he could distract me or that's a distraction i i feel like as i got older it was like oh i'm starting to get to the age where everyone's telling me why don't you have a boyfriend why um why aren't you, when are you getting married, kids, and all, you know, I felt like that came into play, and that's where it was like, oh, now I'm starting to get distracted with what people say that I should have at this time. Yeah, yeah. And then in the video, he also talked about, like, the chicken or the egg ordeal, like, what came first? Was it the temptation, or, or was it the... the perception of temptation, the perception. or the actual temptation. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess culturally, how we approach it is like, okay, I don't know where I'm going with this stream of thought. I think what you're saying is like when we're younger, we perceive those, oh, that's going to be trouble for me, so don't do that. And then it becomes temptation. Is that what you're trying to say? Like Like when you can't have the the boys over because like, oh, that's something I can't do. And Mm -hmm. then so you, then it becomes like, oh, now it's a temptation or, or something. Well, I'm just saying, like, the idea that he talked about in the video, like... Yeah, like, the perception of temptation is that, like, I think that's what he was getting at. Like, when you're young, people are like, you can't do this with women because A, B, or C. And maybe when he was young, he didn't feel that way immediately, mm-hmm. but then but it eventually was, it was perceived, right? And then eventually it became... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I see, yeah. And I think... I think also, like just with puberty too mm-hmm. that and it goes along with the whole idea that you were saying um which is like the the physicality of temptation i think you know after a certain age especially when the, it comes to the age of like you know college or post college you know you want friends and you want community you wouldn't want to just be in community with only people who 
are of the same gender as you, but like you need. Well, I lost my entire train of thought in one sentence. Healthy balance. What were you saying? (laughs) Wait, what was I saying? You were talking about in college and post college how people. um, Oh yeah. Okay. So sorry. Um, let me just backtrack. So anyways, so now it's like post-college, right? Um, for our situation. Like, now's the time where we want to probably, you know, settle down and everything. And what if, like, the whole idea in your mind, like, oh, okay. Like, what if we were conditioned with this whole, with this whole notion, like, okay, stay away from the opposite gender, their temptation. But then when it comes to the time where you're actually trying to find somebody, then it's like, ugh what was it called um what the prophecy uh self self fulfilling self fulfilling prophecy. prophecy like you can't like they they become a temptation or no that's what i'm saying i'm sorry how old were you that's okay <laughs> work it out work it out <laughs> okay how can i say bring this? it all together um i'm just saying like if we are conditioned growing up all this time to stay away from the gender, and this is cultural too, mm-hmm. like stay away from the opposite gender, um, from Christian culture, national, ethnic culture, whatever, and then it comes to the time where you're trying to find someone, you, it's like, hmm, how do I process all this stuff? Yeah, it's if like overwhelming. Yeah, if it's like a conditioned culture. Yes, thing. I think personally, as a woman who grew up in the church like i like i mean i went to church it's sprinkled but anyways for yeah. the most part like in the beginning it was sprinkled because of what was going on in my life but then when I, in my teenage years it was more consistent of me going into church and being raised in that environment where um lost my train of thought but i think i'm talking about <laughs> being raised in that environment and then people <laughs> telling me like stay away they're bad or they're bad news like you said they only want one thing and then all of a sudden you're faced yeah. with someone who is pursuing you or is interested in you and you're like what do you want from me yeah. it's like it's like being mugged or something you're like oh like you know what mm-hmm. what is exactly is your motive and then having to have discernment for that and to figure that out and roadmap it and like what is the right way to like you know, instead of, like, immediately looking at this person who gives you the slightest interest, like, is that my bae? Is that my future bae? Or, like, right, talking right. to Jesus in your head, like, is that the the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? How do you get over those hur- hurdles? And then when some boys who we ain't checking for are, like, talking to you and you're just like, okay, how do I approach going out on dates? And how do I, like, none of that's been talked about growing up on Mm. how to go on dates or how to say no or how not to give someone your number and you're like and standing firm in that and being confident in that Mm -hmm. instead of just being like okay we'll stay away from guys and then get married and that's part of like our growing process too i think generationally because our grandparents right or even because i was thinking about this in the car because when i heard what we were talking about because, like, biblically, there is no biblical concept, technically, for dating. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right? And it's just kind of like, Single. when did this become a thing? Like, your parents chose your husbands or, like, whoever was more valuable, however that could. It was more of an economic agreement yep. than it was, like, love. And then after that, like, then it became like, oh, like, I, I'm choosing this person, Right. And then our grandparents' generations, and some of this is, there's cultural differences too, um, but like our grandparents' generation, 
they courted and the men courted the women and the women just like said yes right and then our parents generation dating started being like a thing thing mm-hmm. and then the men were courting the women and the women were like yeah but i'm independent so i'm gonna <laughs> court you back mm-hmm. and <laughs> dating became a thing and now our generation's like <laughs> i'm a feminist and i don't want you to pay for all my things and, or he's like well i i don't want i don't want to pay for all this because and everything's just like confused because there's because we're breaking out of like there's these, definitely these the why do I have to open right? the door for her or why right. do I have to pay for her food or like and so that's like, not like that's falling apart and what you were saying about the woman like okay I worked this hard to get where I am I'm gonna pay for my food I don't think you need to pay for me and that's just that's fine too so like yeah it's crazy it's a lot there's so I just feel like there's more going on like there's so many more expectations mm, yeah. It's it, There is a lot that goes into it. It's so packed with complexities. Mm-hmm. And, like, one thing that Joseph Solomon mentioned in, in his video, he did mention feminism and how, yeah, like... it was cool. Um, he mentioned how, you know, all truth is God's truth and God created truth. You know, he's he monopolized. Yeah, he he is the truth. And how, you know, with feminist theory, recognizing as, you know, woman being human first and that they have inherent value just because they are human beings because they're children of god because yeah god says so mm-hmm. exactly and feminists didn't discover like they didn't create this they right. discovered it because it's truth and it was already god's, god's truth, truth in the beginning anyways mm-hmm. because what joseph was saying was that um women and man men were created in god's image so He's like, just because we discovered that that doesn't mean, like, we are the creators of that or the creators of gravity. Like, just because we know it's there doesn't mean we did that. Right. We give that all back to God and knowing he did it all. Because God monopolizes truth. Oof. That poet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'm he so also to say it. And, and within all of that, too, he Hashtag mentions... God leaves that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and make a tag and just... No, you can... <laughs> She's like, I'm not doing that. But yeah. But anyways, yeah. Within that too, um, when he talks about feminism, of course he he mentioned like he 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 may not agree with every single aspect of you know secularized feminism or whatever that may entail, but just the idea of what truth is and you know inherent value of a human being and how all humans are image bearers of God and recognizing truth within one another from that notion is so important when bringing up these topics and just mm-hmm. interacting with people, interacting with the opposite gender and like making that the forefront rather than like, oh, here comes Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs>